Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 17. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. I have a really awesome episode today. I'm talking with another wonderful autism mama. Her name is Rebecca. And we were connected through a a really good friend of mine who we'll kind of get into that on the episode. Um, But she is someone that I am so happy (laughs) that I connected with. And I think you'll be able to tell when listening to this, we just... We we had a really great conversation. I had so much fun chatting with her. She's very honest and easygoing, which I really appreciate. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my episode with Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hey. Hey, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Oh, thanks. We have some of those. <laughs> don't we all <laughs> always an adventure to be had um well I'm so excited for you to be here so Rebecca and I connected through I'm gonna give a shout out to my my best friend Amy um uh, and you are friends with her mom okay so here's the situation okay. Amy's mom Mary and my mom Liz are best friends from childhood like they grew up together okay um, Amy's mom, Mary is my godmother. And so I, you know, I'm obviously older than Amy, but, um, we kind of, you know, we grew up together and we, Amy and I actually share a birthday, which is coming up. So, oh my gosh, yes. December 4th. Okay. Well, that's shout, right. Shout out to my bestie, Amy. I know she listens, so she'll be excited. <laughs> she hears this. Um, and Mary too. I love her. She is. Oh, I know. She's a doll. She really is. She's the sweetest. So when I first launched the podcast, um, Amy had shared it and that was how Rebecca and I connected. And I'm very excited to hear your journey. We were just kind of chatting, but I I really don't know much about it. So if you want to just kind of take us back to the beginning, um, where things started with, with your, your autism journey. Sure. So, um, let's see. So I got married, um, met my husband on a blind date. We're now divorced. So, um, met my husband on a blind date. Um, and we just fell head over heels in love. And I actually got, um, pregnant on our honeymoon with our first, um, daughter. Her name's Ellie. She's now 12 and a half, which is crazy. Um, and then, along came Jack and he was actually an unplanned pregnancy. We knew we wanted more, but, um, not quite as quickly as he sort of showed up. So I think that was part, like the beginning of the journey was that this kid was going to show up in my life, whether, you know, I was prepared or not. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was meant to be from that, from the very start. Um, so Jack was born, um, when Ellie was about 19 months old. Um, and I think from the very start, I knew something was different about him. He was just a really, um, difficult infant. Uh, he cried all the time. He was very colicky. We just couldn't seem to like put our finger on what it was. He didn't have any medical issues. I'm also a nurse. I worked in the NICU and labor and delivery at the time. So I was trying to figure out what was wrong with my kid. Um, but there was nothing physically going on with him. He was a, he was a tough sleeper, a tough eater. Um, and I want to say at about 
nine, 10 months, he started saying some words. He was, you know, Dada when daddy came home and he would come to the door and he would respond to his name and all of those, you know, things that they're supposed to do. And then one day it just stopped and it just sort of disappeared. And he sort of went into his own, his own little world. So, you know, we do what any parent does and, um, we ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ah, he's only 10, 11 months old. Like this can't really be anything big. And I think it was about his, and this is all very interesting. If you knew my ex-husband and I, because I would have normally been the one to say something first, but I, I was in total, you know, I just didn't want to deal with it. So right after Jack turned one, um, we were sitting down one night on the couch and he looked at me and he said, you know, something's wrong. Right. And I said, yeah, I know. And, and that was sort of the start of it. And so the next day I called the pediatrician and, um, Jack was only 13, 14 months old at that point. And we did the M chat, which I know you're only, you're supposed to do, I think at 16 months and we did it anyways. The pediatrician was like, let's just get an idea. Well, he, everything was a no on the M chat. Um, Tell me what the you know. M chat is. Cause I, I'm slightly familiar with it, but anybody who's not. Okay. So the M chat is just a basic developmental questionnaire that's done um, between like 14 and 16 months of age at the, at the pediatrician visit. And it's basically just a list of questions. You can like Google it and it's things like, is your child pointing? Mm-hmm. Um, does your child have joint attention? Does your child? Um, I, I mean, just like developmental yeah just developmental like basic developmental questions it was kind of like no no Mm -hmm. no 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 like Mm -hmm. everything was a big fat no (laughs) and so she was like well let's let's call birth to three and get them involved and um at that one of the things that they always I don't know if they still do it but they did it back then when Jack was diagnosed he's now going to be he's going to be 11 soon actually the day after my birthday (laughs) and they they do like a hearing test because these kids don't respond to like their names or loud stimulus. They just, they really are truly in their own world. So we took him to Yale and had a hearing test on and he passed that with flying colors. And so we were like, all right, well, something's up here. So, um, luckily, and this is all going to come full circle. So you'll kind of understand my whole life sort of is, is now shaped because of Jack and, and Jack's autism. Um, my, dad has been on the board of directors for a school in Connecticut called Milestones um, that is a private outplacement not-for-profit school that um, teaches kids on the spectrum who are pretty severely affected Um, and wait your dad is on the board for that he's on the board of directors for this school oh wow that's great yeah so he he kind of grew up with the woman that that founded this school and so when Jack was diagnosed or, or very strongly suspected, cause he wasn't technically diagnosed then he, he put me in touch with her. Mm-hmm. So her name is Suzanne Letso. And I reached out to her and, um, I was like, what, what do I do? Like, we, we think this <clears throat> is happening and I have no idea where to start. And so she said, well, we have a, um, a psychiatrist here who does, um, diagnosis and evaluation and I will, you know, do whatever I can to get you in with him as soon as possible. She, they, they ended up having a cancellation. Like the following week we were able to get in. It was like a four day long evaluation. Um, 
the doctor who did his name was um, Dr. Eric Mayville, and we absolutely fell in love with him. And you know, you know when you kind of know something, but you don't really want to hear somebody say it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, after four days of like grueling testing that he did, um, he sat us down on Friday afternoon, and and you know, me and my husband, and he said, "Your son has autism." And, you know, I think it was a blow for my husband because I think I heard someone speaking on another um, one of your podcasts about like how they they felt like, you know, their husband thought they were going to be able to do all these things with their their child. And and now that's just not not the case and sort of your all of your expectations change. Um, And so for him, I think he was he was mourning it and he was. it was a blow for him, but for me, it felt empowering. And I felt like, all right, well, what's our next step? What do we do now? Mm-hmm. And how do we make sure that we get Jack whatever he needs? And how do we make sure he reaches his fullest potential? And how old was he at this point? He was officially diagnosed at about 15 months. So he was so little. He was really young. And I attribute, I mean, honestly, I attribute a lot of his success to the fact that we had that early intervention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so birth to three sort of got involved and, and it didn't take much time for them to just set, settle in with the services because we already had the diagnosis. And um, I think you said, you already said it, but you are, you're in Connecticut and you were there when he got diagnosed. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's um, interesting, you know, from state to state. Cause. Oh yeah. I've talked to people kind of all over at this point, like the, the different ways that, you know, the diagnosis even happens and just like the ages and like kind of what's, what's standard and what's not. Well, they, they, the girls that worked with him from birth to three said, every single girl said he's the youngest kid in our caseload. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, they, they hit him hard. I mean, he was 14, 15 months old and he was getting 30 hours of birth to three services a week. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So it was like, you know, it was a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the house and your, you know, your space is being invaded and you've got all kinds of people coming in and, and you just feel like your world definitely gets rocked. Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. gets rocked. Um, I became really used to just sort of like dealing with it and just, it just became like family to us. The girls that have always been in the house working with Jack have always felt like family to us. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You just kind of deal with it. Absolutely. Um, so once Jack turned three, I'm, I think it's this way everywhere, but um, once they turned three, they're now, you know, the public schools, I don't want to say, you know, that it, they're their responsibility. They age out of early intervention. Right. They age out at three and then they have to right. go public enter the district. And so that in and of itself is like a whole nother animal because you're, you know, you're fighting for services for your kid at that point. And you're trying to figure out like, how do I navigate the school system? And I felt pretty lucky because my husband um, is an administrator in Connecticut. He works in a different school district, but he knows all the laws and the ins and the outs. And, you know, he's on, he's in PPTs, but he's on the other side. Oh, wow. So you had a lot of like guidance, which is wonderful. (laughs) I had a lot of really good resources and a lot of people, you know, sort of behind us. Yeah. Um, so we were really lucky that way. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, where do you want to go from there? 
(laughs) he was in (laughs) i know so he was in in the district like he was in the district he was getting services we fought to the nail um they you know they initially offered him four days a week for like two and a half hours and we were like you're you're like slashing the service that he has right now by like two-thirds that's insane we can't Mm -hmm. not okay with that so you know, we just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and we ended up getting him a full day of preschool. Um, he was the first kid in the district to ever have a full day program. Wow. Yeah. So um, I became that mother, you know, I became that <laughs> that crazy lunatic, like I'll fight and do anything I need to do for my kid. And it's just so not my nature to be that way. And so I was, you know, it always surprises you, like what you're capable of doing when you don't realize that you're capable of doing it until you have to do it, you know? So, um, yeah, I became that parent. And I remember saying to my, my husband, when he was still my husband, like we would be in PPTs and I would, we would be fighting for Jack and we, I, you know, things would be said and we would leave the PPT and I'm like, how come you didn't say anything? And he's like, I think you're doing a pretty bang up job. Like, I don't (laughs) think I need to say anything here. And I was like, that's the best compliment you could have given me. So I totally relate to that. My husband is just like a very quiet person in general and I'm not. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like when we, when we go to meetings and stuff, like I, I fully expect to do all the talking and I, I know what you mean. Cause yeah, like having a child with autism or special needs in general, I think it definitely does make you into like that, that mama bear just comes out full force. Um, and I'm, I'm like not a, a shy person to begin with but yeah it's like you there there's a whole other level when you're advocating for your kid oh completely completely so um so yeah that jack was you know in a pretty in pretty good shape at that point and um my ex-husband and i decided that it would be a brilliant idea to have another child <laughs> and so enter noah and uh he's he's a piece of work this kid's a fireball and so noah Jack was just turning three, entering the school school district when Noah was born. So, um, right after Noah was born, my husband left. Um, he our marriage sort of um, fell apart without me knowing it. Um, I didn't realize what was going on, and it turns out that he was. Um, he was having an affair and so yep do you feel like um and I'm just like asking because I've heard this before do you feel like like autism played a a role in that at all no no okay no I don't I feel like it was more of a issue where I had three kids under the age of four And I was so distracted by what was going on with them that I wasn't paying attention to my marriage and, Mm -hmm. and he was finding what he wanted from our marriage elsewhere. Gotcha. Okay. I Um, understand what you're saying though. Cause yeah, when you have three kids, three little kids, one of whom, you know, has special needs. Yeah. The focus, I mean, you don't have a lot of of room for anything else. No, you really don't. Mm -hmm. And you know, What's really interesting about my divorce and my relationship with my ex-husband is that he is probably the world's best father. 
I mean, I can easily say that he's, he's absolutely incredible with the kids and, you know, he, he's, he's just, he's so present and he's so knowledgeable and he's so, he does such amazing things with them. And he's just, he's just such a great dad. Like he's everything you want your kids to have in a father. Um, so I, you know, I'm appreciative of that. I could never, you know, take anything away from him for that. And, and if, if I had to give up having the good husband so that they could have the good father, I mean, that's what it is. You know, it is what it is. Your perspective is incredible. <laughs> well, I'm eight years out, Megan. Okay. So right. <laughs> that's a lot of therapy okay. speaking. <laughs> okay. Well, good for you though, that you've come, come to that place because that is only going to benefit your kids. And me, I mean, honestly, I realized after about four years that the only person I was hurting by holding on to all of that was myself, you know, I was only hurting myself. So I was able to finally let go of that and, um, and move on with my life. So I, um, you know, entered into the dating world with three kids as a single parent of three kids with autism. And like, how the heck do you navigate that? Oh my goodness. You know, I mean, I kept thinking like, who the heck is going to want to take on this, this crazy crew, you know, Motley crew. Yeah. It's enough to have three kids and be a single parent, but then throw one in there with, that's got some special needs and, and that's a whole nother ball of wax. Scary for sure. Yeah. So Um, I actually recently just remarried. I met someone, um, if you can believe it or not on Tinder. Oh my goodness. I know. How great of a story (laughs) is this? He talks about it actually. He's so he's a professional comedian, (laughs) which is totally wild. I would have never guessed, but I guess in order to take on this bunch, you have to have a really good sense of humor. So it makes sense. Definitely. (laughs) So it totally makes sense. So we, we recently got married, married in August and we bought a house and, Um, we actually moved out of the district that we were in because of the schools. So we were looking for a better district for Jack. Okay. So we found a better district and we are just completely thrilled with the services that he is getting and where he's at right now. I mean, he's made already so many strides this year, um, just having different people, you know, with different perspective and no preconceived notions of what he's, you know, his issues have been in the past. And so it's, it's really brought in a whole different, you know, level of maturity in him and we've seen so much growth already. So it's, it's been pretty awesome. Tell me a little bit, cause obviously, um, I mean, he, we, we kind of were leaving off when he was like in preschool. Um, what was he verbal at that point? Like what were his so, challenges? Okay. Then? So, yeah. So, um, when Jack first started birth to three, they were really trying to push us to use pecs. Mm-hmm. the picture exchange communication system. And yeah. that was something that I instinctively, I mean, I knew nothing about autism back then. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. And it really wasn't, it was just sort of on the cusp when it was kind of like blowing up and people were starting to really hear more about it. Yeah. So my, but my instinct was, was like a big fat no on that one. I was like, I don't, he's only like 16 months old. Like most 16 months old, Arnie only have a handful of words. Like at this Mm -hmm. point, I don't think he's that far behind. And I fear if we give him this tool that he's going to use it and not learn to talk. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had that same fear. (laughs) Yeah. So we, I refused to use it. And I said, you can teach him some signs, but I really want to, you know, really try to get him to talk. Mm-hmm. 
Jack is totally verbal. Um, he started talking, you know, right at about 18 months. He had a handful of words and he was putting sentences together. And so I'm thrilled that that's the decision that we had made because I think that that hitting him hard with the language early on is what really facilitated his language. That's amazing. Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of his language at the beginning was kind of non-functional. Um, you could certainly understand what he was saying, uh, but it was very scripted and um, cartoon-like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. He's still, I, I still maintain that I think that Jack thinks he's a cartoon. <laughs> he talks in sort of this sing-songy voice and he does, he still does a lot of scripting. He's absolutely hysterical. He will now like insert people into his scripts and make you play the role. And it's really funny. <laughs> so my other two will sort of, we'll get into that with him. And I have some pretty funny videos, but um, it's, it's sort of his way of, of inviting people into his world. And, and if you're willing to sort of take that leap, um, it's quite a, it's quite a colorful world in Jack's world. <laughs> yeah. I always joke that Logan, he loves the minions. Like that's like, like one of his favorite characters. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he's becoming more verbal, but he's definitely still, I would say he was nonverbal at this point. Um, but he speaks like a minion. Like it's all just like <laughs> jibber jabber that you can't really, yep. like it kind of sounds like words. Like he puts the inflections in the right spot. Yep. Um, and I'm like, he loves the minions because they speak the same language as him. <laughs> well, right. And I'm sure to him that that's a legitimate language. Yeah. <laughs> Jack will, um, Jack is really, oh, he's such an interesting little kid. He will listen to and watch his favorite videos on YouTube in all different languages. Yep. And uh, he can, I have, you know, I can, I have caught him many, many times speaking in those languages. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. I'm pretty sure my kid is multilingual <laughs> <laughs> and it's hysterical. Like he knows exactly what he's saying and it sounds like what they're saying on the, on the video. So I'm like, I think he's speaking Korean. Oh like gosh. what is happening? So we'll yeah. watch Mickey Mouse, like in like, like German or something. Yes. And yep. you're right. Maybe he's just like doing a, a language study. Yep. <laughs> they, it's really, it's crazy. The stuff that he comes out with. He's a real trip. <laughs> okay. So he's verbal, which is amazing. He's verbal. Um, and then you said like, he's, he's doing so, so well now. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's any other, other like school related things that you wanted to, to add in. So academically, um, he was on track for probably the first few years. Um, he's in fifth grade now. So he, you know, they're not tr even attempting to teach him like multiplication and division because it's just really not functional for him. Mm -hmm. But as far as like, you know, math and reading and writing, he, it's all there. Like mm -hmm. it, it's all there language arts for him and like the phonics stuff. Um, it's, he's almost neurotic about making sure that his spelling is correct and his um, punctuation is correct. Um, he loves to write stories. So he will um, combine like three or four of his favorite episodes of a TV show and then create a story out of those three <laughs> stories and he will write it down and illustrate it. So I have, books and books and books that he has written and illustrated and they're they're just they're phenomenal 
oh my gosh, he's so creative. He's so creative. He's so creative. And he also, not only does he like to script some of his favorite shows or episodes, but he also likes to act them out. So like if it's a Mickey Mouse episode and if like Goofy turns into a baby through the time machine, like somehow he manages to turn some piece of furniture in our house into the time machine. And, you know, Goofy, we have a little Goofy doll and he puts a diaper on him and it's, he goes through the whole thing and he puts him in a stroller and he walks him around. I mean, he does the whole thing. Oh my gosh. It's like a living, breathing cartoon in my house. <laughs> that That's amazing that he's like yeah. able to tap into all that. Yeah. So, so yeah, being, having Jack in my life has completely, you know, sort of changed even my career I and I know I told you that uh, my dad is on the board of directors for that school and about three years ago when my youngest ended up in school I knew that I needed to get out of the hospital working as a nurse and I really wanted to do something that was like more um, in line with my kids schedules And so looking at other options out there, I stumbled across the fact that the school that my dad was on the board of directors for was looking for a school nurse. Oh, wow. So they had not yet, um, they, they were only using a consultant like once a week, but they were growing and growing and they knew that they needed a full-time nurse. And so I actually applied for the position and have been there ever since. So how crazy is that? That really, like you said, it is like, it's, it really is like full circle. It really went full circle. I mean, they had had such a hard time finding a nurse that had the pediatric experience to be a school nurse, but also the experience with autism. Absolutely. So so, just this year alone, I've had the school nurse call me, you know, many, several times already. And they're telling me like, something's up with Logan, but verbal. So it's like, what are we, it's you, you're like playing detective trying to like figure out these, these symptoms and like, okay, well he's acting like this. But I mean, when you, when you don't have like a a real baseline as to what, you know, autism symptoms are like, you, you don't really know. So right. for you, I mean, that, like, I'm sure the, the parents at school are probably so thankful to have you. It is a really interesting place to be. And I have to say, like, it feels like it's where I was meant to be. And I, I'm able to, my instincts are pretty good with these kids. And while, you know, and this, the staff as well, they're so amazing with these kids. And they're able to sort of determine whether it's just a behavior or if something's really off or, or if they want to call me and sort of get my opinion on it. But, you know, having the, I think I was, I was a nurse for 15 years before I started working at the school. So I had 15 years of, of nursing pediatric experience under my belt um, and then having a kid on the spectrum. And so, you know, these kids all, you know, they all feel like my kid when I'm there. Like, I feel like I'm just playing mom to all of this them. really <laughs> is like the perfect job for you. It really is. It really is. I really just sort of fell into it and um, very happily. So, yeah. I know it's so cheesy, but it's like, I really do think that everything is just meant to be. (laughs) Oh, completely. Completely. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine like my life without Jack and, you know, all the people that I've met through 
him having autism, all the friends that I've made and the, you know, my career, holy cow. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm now a part of this amazing school that is just incredible for what, what they're doing for these kids. It's, it's, it's a joy every day to like see them succeed. And, you know, I, not only do I feel like mom when they're sick, but I just feel like mom in general, when like they have a success or they've, you know, managed to tolerate, you know, going to a restaurant and Mm -hmm. sitting down having a meal without any problem behavior. Like it just all feels like a huge success. I feel like that whenever I talk to another autism parent and they tell me about the successes, like, I feel like that's a win for all of us. You know what oh I mean? yeah like when like, they get potty trained you're like yes Yay! like it's oh a my big gosh. party and you just you feel that joy you know yes I remember when Logan's um his his BCBA was telling me we were kind of working on like a game plan to get him Logan potty trained and she was talking about one of her other clients who they had just done like an intensive kind of potty training for and he was 12 years old yeah and he was just able to get potty trained. And when she told me that, I burst into tears. And they were like happy tears. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like 12 years. I'm like, his parents must be so happy. Like, that is just like the most amazing news. Because I mean, at that point, you might think, okay, my child is always going to be in diapers. You know what, what I mean? So to yeah. have, have that huge success like I mean I just like I started bawling I was like that's amazing because I like I said like that's that any any you know success and hitting those milestones whether it's my kid or someone else's kid like I'm just so happy for for that family because I know what it's like yeah completely completely and anytime that like I ever see you know a parent out in public who's struggling with their their child or whatever I kind of just like don't you just always want to like go up to them and like kind of oh, give yeah. them a fist bump and be like you're not alone I got you know like a hundred percent I'm such a weirdo like I would do it but that's kind of why I started the podcast because now I can talk to everyone <laughs> and it's like socially acceptable <laughs> I would definitely say things that are maybe like a little weird <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way like I get it I will just I'll just go up to somebody and be like hey you need help <laughs> relate to them. You, when you find someone that you relate to, because again, this journey, it can feel so isolating and lonely when you, when you have someone who it's like, they're on the same page as you, you're like, Oh, rejoice. You understand I me. I understand you. I know. And I also have found, I don't know if you found this too, but like the friends that I keep, um, that I have sort of held on to since I've started this journey are like some of the greatest people. And I'll give you a total example. Just today, this happened. Um, My kids had an early dismissal and I had a babysitter here with them. And for some reason, Jack had it in his head that he was going to make blueberry muffins (laughs) and we had no eggs in the house. Oh no. And I'm at work. And so the babysitter's texting me, you know, Jack's starting to melt down and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, well, he wants to make muffins and there's no eggs. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the worst parent alive that there's no (laughs) eggs in my house. And so I'm freaking out and I'm like, how am I going to fix this? I'm like an hour away from them. So I texted my, my neighbor, Maris, who, um, I actually met four years ago when I, help deliver and take care of her babies in the NICU at a local hospital and then happened to move down the street from her. So I texted her and I was like, are you home? Do you have eggs? And she was like, I do, but the twins are sleeping. And I was like, Jack needs eggs like now. (laughs) And she was like, 
I got you, girl. And she called her neighbor, who I've never met before in my life. She called her neighbor and was like, come get eggs and run them down the street. And this woman did. She oh, brought the uh, eggs to my house and dropped them amazing? off for Jack. And I'm, oh. and I'm like, these are the people. Like, these are the people. This is why I have these people in my life. Because they get it and they're willing to, you know deal with my craziness and my insane requests. <laughs> Can you please drop eggs off at my house? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, not It'll- too long ago, it was a magnet. I was like, do you have any magnets in your drawer? Jack needs a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like as a, as an autism parent, like another parent listening would probably be like, well, okay, he would just have to make muffins later. But it's like, I understand like, no, no, no those muffins needed to be made like right I mean Jack was he was starting to you know have self-injurious behavior and he was biting his knee and hitting his head and I was like oh my god like I we could work through this but you know that's the other thing is being a working mom of a kid with autism the guilt and the fear of leaving your child with somebody else when they could potentially be having a massive meltdown is horrible. It's a horrible feeling, you know, to have a babysitter text you and be like, your kid's losing it. I, what do you want me to do? And you're not there. And I'm 40 fin- 45 minutes away. I actually just on, on today's episode that I released today, I talked about the five biggest challenges and the, the lack of babysitters or just like the lack of that, that guilt that you feel was one of my biggest challenges because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Even if it's someone, cause I, I really only have like my mom and my sister babysit for us. Right. Um, but even with them, like there's days, uh, my sister was babysitting a few weeks ago and Logan was just having like a rough day. He didn't have therapy that day and he was just into everything. And it was, it was hard on him. It was hard on her. And I mean, you just, you, you, I feel guilty for both parties. Like I feel so bad that, that Logan's having a hard time and I feel bad that she's having to deal with it. Right. Right. Just a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, I have to have somebody, I have a babysitter in the mornings cause I leave here at six 30 to go to work and I sort of flex my schedule. I go to work about a half an hour early so I can leave a half an hour early to be here to get them off the bus. So, um, I've always had to have a morning babysitter and when my husband is traveling, you know, you have to have somebody here. And so I've always, I don't know if you've ever used care.com, but that's who I've always found our babysitters through. And amazing. Yeah. So far we've had pretty good luck. You know, I've had a couple of duds in there, but um, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I, mean, I just when you have a child with special needs. It's, it's not as easy as just being like, okay, I need a babysitter. Like you really need to have someone who, you know, kind of has that special level of patience. Right. And, and not only that, and not, not just the patients and not even just the experience, but just that thing. It's like mm-hmm. that factor. It's that thing where they just have the heart for it and they can sort of connect with your kid and you can always see it when it happens. Totally. I you know. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Logan was in, um, he did like a day camp the, the first summer he started preschool. I was so scared that he was going to go all summer and, regress so I was I really wanted to get him into like a a day camp kind of a situation where you know they would still do like some like slightly academic things but finding one you know for special needs because I'm like I can't just put him into like any old day camp so I ended up finding a great one and they had had him with 
um, a counselor who was really nice and we met her and she was just fine. And by, I think the second day they had moved him to another counselor because they were like, he just kept migrating over to her. Uh, yeah. It was like, he was just drawn to her. So when we meet people, I always say, I'm like, there's certain people that Logan is just drawn to. And like you said, it's like, you, you can't put your finger on it. Cause it can be a perfectly lovely person who he's you know, totally blocking out, but it's like, for whatever reason, like he just makes these connections and it's, it's crazy. Right. It, that reminds me of like what I said to my ex-husband when I met my current husband, cause you know, I was single for eight years and I was dating. And, and so he would always be like, if there was, I think he, my kids only met like two other boyfriends that I dated. And he would always say like, well, how do you think they're going to be around Jack? Like before you introduce them, how do you think they're going to be around Jack? And you know, any guy that I ever went on a date with, even on a first date, that would always be in the back of my mind. Like, how do you, how do I think this guy would deal with like my kid on the spectrum? And when I met my now current husband, one of the first thoughts in my head was, was not how will he deal with Jack? But my thought was, oh my God, Jack would get so much out of having this man in my, in his life. And and that's like how, how I knew that he was, he was the right person. And last year, was it two years ago now? Um, my youngest has asthma and he had a really, really bad asthma attack where he was actually hospitalized at Yale for three or four days. Oh. And the first night of that, um, my husband, um, he wasn't my husband then he, we were just dating at that point was home with my kids the other two, he was, so he was home with Jack and Ellie. And I was like, Oh my God, are you going to be able to handle this? Like you got to do the whole bedtime routine and put Jack down and feed him dinner. And you know, like there have to be eight nuggets and they have to be all lined up. And like the ketchup puddle needs to be right in the middle of the plate and it can't be touching any of the nuggets. And like the orange juice has to be half and half juice and half water. And it has to have this straw and you know, like all of these things, yes. like, you know, like as a parent are just second nature, but right you know, somebody else has to do it. And it's like, he just, he was, he didn't want to get it wrong at all. And so, um, you know, he was able to get it all done. He knew everything from watching me and he, um, managed, he, I don't laugh at me, but my kid's almost 11 years old and I still rock him to sleep. Oh, that's so sweet. It's our snuggle time. My ex-husband said to me once, like, do you think you're ever going to stop that? I was like, no, (laughs) until he like doesn't fit in my lap anymore no (laughs) and even then if he if he still wants to we'll find a way we'll figure it out I'll just get a bigger chair I don't care (laughs) yeah no no I'm not laughing at all I love it but um but even Andrew was able to rock rock Jack to sleep that night and he that was like the moment for him where he just like that was it he was like I got this I can do this that makes my heart just like burst that's the sweetest thing oh my gosh because when you have I feel like having anyone, having a person with autism in your life, like obviously for us, it's our kids, but I, I think even just like adjacently, like my, my friends, my, my other family members, I just feel like they bring out the very best in you and they just, they teach you so much and things that you, there's no way you would know unless you were, you know, touched by somebody with autism. Completely. I think that about my other two kids, like they are, they've got such big hearts because of having a, you know, having a brother on the spectrum with special needs. I mean, they're just so kind to 
to everybody, you know, it's well, not that- just Jack, it's everybody. They're just such kind hearted kids. And so, you know, it's a blessing. It's a total blessing to have this kid in our lives. I really do want to talk to you about that. Cause that was kind of what we were saying beforehand. A lot yep. of people that I've had in the podcast so far, have had only children. And like I was saying, for me, it really is something that I just have a lot of guilt about. And I struggle because I know that my, my other two, especially now, like my, my two and a half year old, they really do have to you know, make sacrifices and be so sure. Yes. Be so understanding about a situation that, you know, they really didn't sign up for. Um, So with your kids being a little bit older, I would love to hear more about that and just kind of the dynamic. So, you know, when they were little, it was much harder, but even not as hard as I thought it would be. So, you know, I became a single parent super, you know, when my kids were super little, they don't really, even you know, no one once found a picture of, um, me and their dad at our wedding and he was like you were married to daddy like they <laughs> they don't even they don't even remember it like it's so, so funny funny <laughs> it's you know it's a blessing and a curse I think all at the same yeah time. yeah but you know there were so I was doing this alone for a long time so it wasn't like I had a teammate to to sort of attack adventures with so you know I learned very early on that I couldn't go places alone I had to have somebody with me, whether it was a therapist or a family member or something. But I learned very quickly that like taking my three kids to the park when, you know, Noah's a baby and is I'm pushing him in the swing and Ellie's doing her own thing and Jack was fine. But then all of a sudden he decided he was hot and needs to leave the playground and he just goes bolting through the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like You can't do that alone. It's not safe. Mm-mm. So I learned pretty quickly that I needed an extra pair of hands. But as they got older, I would sort of try. Cause you know, you got to try like yeah. to push through these things and eventually you're going to have to be able to go out to places by yourself. So I would try every so often we would maybe go to the diner down the street and try to have breakfast or uh, we would go get ice cream or we would try to go to the park when they got a little bit older. But there were certainly times when Jack would lose his marbles mm-hmm. and we would have to go. And it may only have been two minutes that we had been at that place or, you know, we ordered our breakfast and it wasn't ready yet. And we had to go, like Mm -hmm. we had to go or the place place was going to burn down. Like we had to get out (laughs) fast. (laughs) So my kids always expressed disappointment, but the best part of it was never blame. They never, ever, ever blamed Jack because of it. So there was never any resentment towards him for being the reason we couldn't do things or the reason we had to leave early or the reason why we kind of had to make modifications and we would go late to things or um, they had to be dropped off and or another parent had to take them or whatever the case may be. So um, it's it's been a, you know, thank God for that, because, mm-hmm. you know, the guilt it's bad enough that I felt guilty that we had to pull shoot on whatever it is that we were doing. Um, and I knew that it sucked for them and it wasn't fair. So, um, we've always tried, you know, my ex and I get along great and we always tried to share things. And so like, um, if he wants to, 
take the kids to go do you know, to the town carnival. And we know that that's going to be too hot, too overstimulating for Jack. You know, he'll say to me, you want to take Jack for the day and I'll take these two. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Or I'll be like, I want to take the kids to the city. And he'll be like, well, I'll keep Jack, you know, cause we know that Jack can't handle being in the city for that long. Mm-hmm. So we've always been able to, you know, pick and choose and make sure that the kids get to do what they want to do, but they still know, like, one of the new things that Jack we've discovered that Jack can handle is uh, going to a movie. Okay. So we have a new movie theater in our, in our town that is amazing. And like the seats recline and they're, <laughs> it's, they're like heated seats. And so they're super awesome. <laughs> Jack does not like to sit and watch the movie, but Jack loves popcorn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we will go and Jack will eat popcorn and he'll sit there long enough because he knows, you know, the, the movie lasts this long and he'll eat his popcorn. But sometimes he won't sit through the whole thing. He'll sit for 45 minutes. And then when he's done eating his popcorn, he's done. So mm-hmm. he will try to run up and down the aisles, high-fiving people <laughs> or <laughs> just going up and down the aisles because it's fun. Mm-hmm. So the kids know that if it's just me taking them to the movies, there's a good chance that we're not going to make it through the whole movie, which sucks It's mm-hmm. for them. And I always leave it up to them. You know, if you guys really want to go, we'll give it a shot. But if Jack can't handle it, then we got to go. You know, I want to say eight, maybe times out of 10, we're able to get through it. But a couple of them, we got to go. Those are pretty good odds. Yeah, some days. <laughs> some days I and I usually try again like I I know that the movie is a crapshoot so I try to bring an extra person with me so that if I have to go with Jack that somebody's there to sit with the other two yeah Mm -hmm. you know you do your best yeah I mean I think you you just kind of figure out I've said it before but it's like there's you know your version of normal and it's like okay well this is what we're gonna do we're gonna try it and you know we're gonna see how see how it goes Right. And, you know, you never know what normal, like, you just never know. Like, sometimes he tolerates things that I would have never in a million years thought that he could tolerate. And there are some days where I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You can't handle this? We got to go? Really? And it's, <laughs> you know, and it kind of stinks. And I find that, like, you know, most of my close friends, they know that if they want to have, like, a play date or a barbecue or a get together, it's happening at my house. You know, like, I don't know how you are, but like when play dates happen, they happen here because, you know, it is really hard to go to somebody else's house and, and fear Jack, you know, just tearing the place apart. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I mean, granted Logan is still like, he's going to be six next month. So he's still, okay. he's still little. Um, he does, he really likes to go places. Like he is never happier than we're like okay go get your shoes and he knows we're going somewhere Uh-oh. like he doesn't care where it is he just wants to go probably because how we- my other two are they okay go, go go <laughs> probably because we are at home so much because of like therapy like we are we're often like you know chained here um and he he loves to be home too and like his if we're all just like home on like a Sunday, which doesn't happen all that often, he's, he's super happy. Um, but we're, we're lucky because we do get to like go out and do stuff. But at the same time, like there's, there's definitely times where we go somewhere and it's just not jiving with him. And like you said, like, okay, we gotta go. Or, you know, we're at like a birthday party or yeah, kind of like event or something. And it's like, you know, this just isn't happening. We gotta go. So I totally, I totally understand that. 
that's so great about your kids though that they're so like understanding about yeah. the situation. They're amazing with him. I mean, I, I would say that as Jack's Jack's gotten older, his tolerance for places have have gotten higher. I know my ex said that he had them over the weekend and he took them to the aquarium on Sunday and Jack kept saying Jack cannot go to the aquarium. Jack has to stay at home and, you know, oh. does these funny little scripts. And, oh. and my ex was kind of like, no, Jack's going to go to the aquarium and see the fish. And this is what we're going to do. And so I was like, well, how did that go? Like, <laughs> yeah, you pushed him. And a lot of times I won't because I don't want to take the chance. Mm-hmm. But um, but he pushed him to go and he said he ended up having a great time. So uh, I-, I feel like that's another thing, too. It's like you because I do this too it's like I I underestimate him all the time and think yes it's not gonna go well totally so pleasantly surprised yes surprise you completely I I constantly underestimate my kid why do I do that like what is that about I have no idea because you're it's and I get it because it's like there's always that fear of okay what if this doesn't go well right it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, like a, a going to a new place or trying a new task or something. It's like, you just, you always have it like, Oh, I don't know about this, but right. I mean, yeah, most, most of the time I would say he, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with the outcome of things. There, there are those times where, you know, it crashes and burns, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the fear of those times that you're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's definitely that fear that holds you back and just not knowing the you know the reception you're gonna get at those places like if somebody is gonna make a comment or something or you know you're gonna get like just whatever it is which I mean at this point I've I've learned to block most of it out but it's still annoying (laughs) completely you know what else is really interesting that you probably haven't had to deal with yet but you will as your daughter gets older is sibling friends Mm -hmm. like my daughter has had some friends come over, you know, through the years. And there's one in particular I can think of that I just, she, she's like my favorite kiddo ever. She's so awesome with Jack. Jack even loves her so much. He actually calls her cousin Marissa. Oh, that's <laughs> her so name cool. is Marissa. And now he thinks they're cousins. And so he's <laughs> like, cousin Marissa's coming over. And she's just a total doll with him. But then I've also had, she's also had friends come over who have said, well, I'm not going to play that game with you if Jack plays. Like your brother's weird. Oh, geez. And now, now you want to punch a kid in the face. Yeah. And, (laughs) and you're like, but that's not appropriate. And then, you know, it's really hard as a parent to keep your opinion to yourself, to your daughter, when she's talking about her friend and she's like, can so-and-so come over to play? And I'm like, well, no, because that kid's Mm -hmm. a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, don't (laughs) like your kid and I don't want her at my house. Oh my gosh. So how do you, you know, it's like, how do you navigate that? And Mm -hmm. what's, what's interesting is that over the years, you know, that happened a lot more when she was younger, but now that she's 12 and a half, I find that she has such a big heart and she's such a good kid that she has been able to really pick and choose her friends. And, and we really haven't had that problem since, you know, in years, so the friends that she keeps are all very kind hearted and sweet and, and are more interested in what Jack is like than, you know, excluding him or thinking that he's weird or something like that. Aww. I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know how we'll handle that. Cause I've said that before. Like I'm, I'm, I'm scared for those times. So I know they're going to come. Cause like you said, like that, that mama bear 
just like she's a real grizzly oh <laughs> yeah to, to somebody who's like yeah even like minorly insulting like i i just i immediately like the claws come out um yeah. but that that's so amazing that that she just like your daughter just really gets it yeah she really gets it she actually even did like a um she was a on a, on a competitive cheerleading team for a couple of years and then decided it wasn't really her thing she didn't want to pursue it but she liked it enough that she wanted to join the um, Connecticut Eagles, which is a cheerleading team for kids with special needs. And so she did it as a buddy mm-hmm. and it was just awesome. I'm so proud of her. She's such a great kid. Oh my gosh. That that's so sweet. Yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, I can only imagine, you know, difficult things that come from having a sibling with autism, but I feel like the lessons that I've learned as an adult, having a child with autism, I think that, you know, my, my kids are going to be able to learn these, at least in some capacity as children. And I'm sure like with your kids, like, I feel like this is just going to make them better people. Oh, for sure. They already are better people because. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's amazing. Have you had any, um, like public experiences with like strangers saying anything to you about your son um I I've had a couple and not necessarily just like public but just like people saying things like even people who are like you know friends or acquaintances saying things um publicly that I can and it wasn't even that bad this is just like the first thing that popped into my head um I took Logan last summer to a water park and there was like a really tall water slide and he is a fish he loves like anything to do with water and uh he loves water slides and we had gone to like an indoor water park a few months earlier and he was just loving it but they let me go down with him at the water park that we had went to previously because like it's not even the matter of him going down the slide but it's like the after part of like okay well now you got to get out and you have to like wait there like that was what made me nervous so we were at this, this water park and they wouldn't let me go down with him like for like safety reasons. And I was standing up there and I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, should I go down first so I can wait for him or should he go down? I'm like, or should we just scrap it? But at this point he's like chomping at the bit to get down right. the slide. So they had a, a lifeguard at the bottom and they just, they signaled to her like, okay, you know, they were like, help, help this the little guy when he gets out. And so I was coming down right behind him because I was worried if I went down, then he was up there with strangers. <laughs> right. Gonna... So it's like, okay, what's the lesser of two evils? Right, and right. The dad behind me, I mean, he was trying to be nice, but he was like, oh, he, he's going to be fine. Like, he thought I was just like a nervous mom. Oh, and yeah. Like, no, it's not that. I'm like, he he has autism. So I'm like, I just worry about, you know, like how, how he'll be like in terms of, I mean, the whole pro like, there's so many things that go into it that yeah. a, a neurotypical parent wouldn't get, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he's not going to know what to do to get out afterward. And the dad was like, oh, oh, wow. He's like, okay, I, I get it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, autism is just, you know, it's, it's like everywhere now. And he's like, it's definitely, it's gotta be something that like that's in the food or, oh, or God. Something, <laughs> something that, that you must've done something like while you were pregnant. And I'm just like, okay, done. Gotta done. go. Gotta go. See ya. <laughs> so it's like stuff like that. Like when people say, I, I haven't had that. I can think of at least like anyone like really insulting. I mean, people definitely will, you know, maybe like stare or kind of make a face um things like that like if he's just like acting differently but I have no bones about being like hey my kid has autism right so, like you're the yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll throw it out there at any at any given moment. Like I don't care. I really don't yeah. care. Have but you we had, had we, yeah like that yeah we had one moment so years ago I don't know if if your son if Logan does anything like this but Jack would sort of pick something up and you didn't know if this habit was going to become a thing or not and so we would kind of let it go and we would let it go one too many times and then it would become like almost an OCD thing like he for instance wore a party hat after my daughter's birthday one year for a year and a half straight and like if the party hat broke we were in big trouble. Okay. So I always had like backup party hats in my car and like everywhere. Totally good. Mm-hmm. So one thing that became a thing for him was one summer, I think he was maybe five. He, um, it was a really hot day and we were in the grocery store and we came out of the grocery store and it was just sweltering and we were getting in the car and he didn't want to sit down in the car with his pants on. Cause he had, you know, sweaty butt. <laughs> <laughs> and so he just didn't like the feeling of it. He, he also has a lot of like texture issues and stuff. So he, I let him take his shorts and underwear off to sit in the car. Cause he just didn't like the way it felt. I was like, all right, well, we'll be home in a second. Well, I had no idea that this was going to become a thing. And it became a huge thing, Megan. Like he, getting there from that day on he would not wear his pants in the car literally never wear his pants in the car like we would walk out to the car and he would take his pants off and sit down and it became like like even on the bus like the little van to school like it became a thing and so we were trying everything to get him to stop but it started to ramp up to the point where if he even thought we were going to get in the car he would take his pants off Oh my gosh. Yeah. So one day. You can laugh about this now, right? Right. Okay. So one day we're in Target, right? And he had done something where he earned a new Mickey Mouse book. He loves those like Mickey Mouse books where you could like, they have all those little activities that Disney makes, you know, all the cool little things, the wands and the music players and everything else. So he wanted to go to Target to pick out a Mickey Mouse book. So we picked it out and we're heading towards the cash register and he sees me getting ready to pay. And he drops his drawers in Target. Oh, no. Because he knows, like, we're done here and we're getting in the car. Pants are off. And now I got to take my pants off. And I, there was nothing I could do to get him to put his pants back on. Nothing I could do. I mean, he was losing it. I was losing it. I'm sweating. We're, like, at the red wall in Target, like, by the cashier, like, trying to get him to put his pants. I'm, like, trying to reason with him, even though I know that this is not going to work. And I'm, like, Jack, if you put your pants on until we get out of the store, then you can take them off. (laughs) And because he was too big at this point for me to really, like, hide him, you Mm -hmm. know, or pretend like he was just a little tiny toddler. Like, it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. He was was now, like, a kindergartner with his pants off in Target. (laughs) And so I'm melting down. He's screaming, and I'm, like, getting upset. And I hear this woman behind me, and she was like, is he retarded? And I was like, oh, hell no, bitch. (laughs) No. We're not doing Oh my this gosh. Today. I just had like a visceral reaction to that. Yeah. It's, it's literally the worst word in the English dictionary. And I turned around and I was like, no, he has autism and no. And you're a horrible person. And by the way, go to hell. Like I just, yeah. I was so horrified by the whole thing. And by this point, like I was oh losing God. it. And so I just, I finally just picked him up, even though he was way too big to be carried. And I held up the book behind his little hiney and I, made a run for it <laughs> yes I just made a run for it but it, I you know 
people don't realize that those little things that are said in those offhand comments, they stick with you. That happened five or six years ago. And I still remember it like to the detail. Oh, totally. You know, oh, I, I, remember I could water pick slide. that woman out of a lineup of a hundred people. I know exactly what she looked like. Oh my gosh. You know? I, I probably would have gone to jail that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was more, cons- I think I would have, if I wasn't so concerned about Jack at that point and just yeah. getting him out of there in one piece. Yeah. You just wanted to like Fisher cup bait for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those kind of moments, like I said, we've, the only one I can think of right now is that we, there's definitely been a, been a few times like that and it does, it's, it sticks with you, but I always am just like, okay, well, you know, this person obviously sucks. So let's just pray for them. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I just want to educate you now. Like, give me your yeah. number and I'll call you later and educate you. <laughs> so true. Yeah. I feel like that is, that's such a huge, a huge piece of just like having a child with autism is just like, you feel like you do want to like educate everyone and just like tell everyone because there's just like, there's, there's so much ignorance and, and it's not that people even mean to be that way, but it's just like, there's, there's things that people say. And like I said, even like friends or acquaintances, they'll say things that I'm just like, no, <laughs> like that's. Yeah. And it's like, where no. did you hear that? Like, what makes yeah. you think that, uh, like, don't even get me started on the vaccine debate. Like, I just can't like, come on. I know. I, I know. There's, there. Yeah. There, there's so many. Oh gosh. We might have to do a part two. I know. Right. <laughs> so much to talk about. Um, I do want to kind of wrap up cause we're getting, we're getting long in time, but thank you so much. I feel like this has been like just such a wonderful conversation. Um, me. and you've been so honest, which I love oh, so Lordy. much. I mean, just like <laughs> sharing all of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we will. I think we'll have to have you back. And you had mentioned to me, we could even have your daughter. Completely. I would yeah. love that. Ellie would love that. And even Noah would probably get in on the combo. I would love to, because yeah. I feel like that is such a, I mean, every, like we were saying, like, it doesn't matter, you know, what your role is, like the perspective of how we perceive things in this journey is it's so different. Yeah, completely. Well, thank you again so much. Sure. Thanks for having me. me yeah okay you take care all right you too bye Bye. okay well I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Rebecca I just think she is the coolest (laughs) I I had so much fun talking to her and I've said it before but it's just amazing the people that I've connected with so far on the podcast uh, just so many like from different you know places and walks of life but it's just amazing to to hear these stories and to to just have that kind of camaraderie um and I I definitely I felt that with her for sure I also just want to say Merry Christmas to anyone who celebrated if you're listening the day this episode is actually released Uh, It is the day after Christmas, so I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, and I am looking forward to 2019. We had a really awesome Christmas, just like low-key with the family. Um, Logan did great. He had a a really fun day. He loves when we're all just like home together, and we had my family over and Manny's family, so we had lots, lots of togetherness, which is his favorite, so yeah, I just want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Again, thank you so, so much for listening and for just supporting the podcast. If you are liking it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show be seen and help people find it. And hopefully 
people that, you know, are wanting to listen or need to listen to this will find it. And if you want to connect with me, if you want to share your story or you just want to want to chat, I'm here. And you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. But that is all for today. So until next time, take care. Thanks.